Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Nicole. And this is Yes Dude, the show about shit we like. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It has been two days since we last <laughs> recorded. Yeah. But I am in a much better state than I was <laughs> then. So. Yeah. How's your wine? Is it better than when you first opened it? No. No? No. I'm not a wine person. I like a Moscato, and that's pretty much it. It just tastes like nothing and then, like, alcohol. (laughs) I do like wine. I know you do. You talked about it on the show. I cannot relate. Um, (laughs) This Bud Light has gone flat real quickly. Nicole's drinking a Bud Light out of one of those metal containers that they come in. (laughs) Yeah, the little... I mean, it's still real cold because it's in the metal bottle, but Mm. it's flat as hell. I spent $8 on a Coors Light like that at the Foreigner concert last year. Yep. At clubs in Vegas, those are like $12. It's wild. Yeah. I'm like, um, hell no. It was the only option. That was all they had was Coors Light. I'm like, cool. God. <laughs> yeah. Coors Light is probably the worst bad beer. Mm, have you ever had Steel Reserve? No, or that's true. Ice House. Ice House is so bad. That's what we used to drink in high school because it's so cheap. Yes, that is <laughs> what I started drinking beer on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went from Ice House so to Bud Light, or sorry, Ice House to Bush to Bud Light, and then to really dark malty stouts and porters, <laughs> yeah. and then to wheat beers, and then to IPAs. It was a progression for me, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I do like wheat beers, I've noticed. I don't know what the difference between any of them are, but I I look at the ones that I like, and they tend to be wheat beers. Yes. I do tend to favor wheat beers the most. Like Hefeweizens and things like that. Yeah. I think I like it because they pair well with fruit, and I tend to like fruitier notes and things. um, Specifically, like, lemons and berries and things like that, so. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's why I tend to gravitate that way. Also, I think they're just smoother to drink. Have you had the Kona Brewing Co. Big Wave Golden Ale? I have to say the whole thing or I can't remember. Yes, <laughs> I have part. and I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's my favorite. I do. <laughs> I I like Kona a lot, actually, in general as a brewery. Anyway, now that we've discussed beer. How was skiing? It was real good. It was absolutely beautiful up there. Yeah, you sent me a video. I did. <laughs> it was very soul cleansing. I liked it because there were reservations. Uh, it felt really good to get out, get some air. It was really nice. I wasn't worried about anything for one, because we were in the open air. Two, there was a slight breeze. And three, they had people at each lift making sure people's noses and mouths were covered with their masks. They only let you ride with who you came with on the ski lift. So I felt super secure in the way that they were handling things. And it was awesome. I felt pretty good on my skis. I figured out a trick with my ski boots to... I have really big calves. So I found a new way to loosen the top part of the calf uh, on the little latch part so that was really cool and it felt really good to just like be comfortable in my gear speaking of gear my pants and leggings and top fit from last year so i was happy about that (laughs) yeah i was afraid that during the pandemic we or i gained weight but i did i mean most people gained at least part of the quarantine 15 so yes but i still fit in all of those things so i felt good I did notice a difference in doing yoga. My, I was able to definitely squat down into chair pose much easier and lean forward on my toes and have more balance. I did figure out something 
in regards to my own personal skiing style that I was able to correct. It was not something like good in my ski form, but I did mm-hmm. figure out like that I was doing it wrong. So that was cool. Yeah. And like actually do it right and have it feel normal. I was like, oh, hey, this feels like it should. <laughs> so it was good. Looking forward to the rest of the season. They haven't gotten any new snow since basically the day before we went. So I'm not sure what conditions are like up there, but it was absolutely beautiful on Friday. Yeah. They had the main lodge shut off uh, for hotel guests only, which was fine. We didn't need to go in there anyways, uh, but they did have the day lodge open. You just had to have your mask on and you couldn't eat. You had to literally grab it and like get out. They had people like wandering through the little day lodge, making sure there was nobody like moseying around, which I appreciated. We didn't, I literally went in there to pee and that was the first thing we did when we got there. I hadn't even changed into my ski gear yet. So we went up and got our lift ticket. I went pee and then we went back to the truck, changed and then hit the slopes. We skied for about three hours, three and a half hours, I think, which was pretty good for day one. And we didn't break the whole entire time, which usually by hour two in previous seasons, I was wiped. So again, yoga to save the day. Mm-hmm. So I feel good about it. And you got to see some fruits of our long six month labor. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to say something about a commercial I saw earlier that I just remembered. Yes. I saw a commercial for... Norwegian cruise lines, right? Uh-huh. And there's, like, people enjoying a cruise. <laughs> the voiceover <laughs> goes, you had your chance, 2020. Now it's our turn. And I'm like, excuse me, people are still dying. Yeah. You can't just be like, hey, guess what? We're going on a cruise again. <laughs> what does Wh- that mean? What's really screwed up is people, they've already sent people out on a, a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And literally within like the first two days at sea like 25 people got sick and i'm like yeah because you're stuck in a boat you can't you can't go away (laughs) no it's literally just recycled air on the inside Mm -hmm. that probably filters from the outside but like has to go through an air system through the air ducts Mm -hmm. comes in and out of people's rooms hello yeah (laughs) like (laughs) of course people are gonna get sick so that's been a thing yeah so i was watching I did part of my notes this morning and I had the TV on and I was there was nothing I wanted to watch. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch the Supergirl Surf Pro, right? <laughs> I'll watch some surfers. Yeah. It wasn't like, obviously it wasn't live, but yeah, I mean, if they weren't surfing, then they were standing six feet apart. And if they weren't six feet apart, then they had masks on. Like everyone was wearing masks. The spectators, the surfers, <laughs> the like crew, everyone had a mask on. If they were, like, doing an interview with someone, the, like, not commentator, but, like, the host woman, mm-hmm. like, had a microphone, but she had it on, like, a boom pole, basically. Yes. So she, like, had, like held it out for the, like, next competitor to speak. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> they're, like, they're standing six feet apart for sure. Right. And also they're outside. Yeah. It's not, like, an indoor arena or something. Like, Well, yeah. But still. Yeah. Wear your mask even if you're oh, outside. Yeah. Like, even though you're outside, please wear your mask. Like, yeah. And stay six feet apart. All of those things in combination should prevent you the likelihood of getting sick. Okay. So, I have been on vacation for the last nine days. Today being the last day. Uh, and I wanted to talk about self-care. Okay. That was just a topic. And not self-care as in any, like, one specific form, mm-hmm. per se. But like self-care in its entirety. Like, I'm telling why? you, you need to watch Queer Eye. <laughs> I do. I need to watch all the things you've recommended to me. <laughs> yeah. But specifically Queer Eye. We're talking about self-care. <laughs> <laughs> so why is it important? It's important because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I know a lot of people aren't going to get that. I mean, it'll make sense to them. But like, 
some people just won't relate because I know I have individuals in my life that just go, 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 go all the time to the point where it's detrimental to their health. Physical well-being is including mental well-being. And self-care is just really important to take a step back and breathe for half a second. So as I discussed on Thanksgiving, I was kind of in a dark spot a little bit ago. Not for any one particular reason. The world just got to be a little bit heavy. And I got to thinking, like, I am a pretty strong individual on a lot of fronts. And if I'm being affected this much by the current state of events, there are a lot of other people who are being a lot affected a lot worse than I am. And so I just kind of wanted to take a second and be like, take a pause and just kind of reinforce the importance of self-care. Recognizing it is the hard part, I think, where, like, where that line is drawn. Like, where do you draw that line? Like, when is enough enough? You know, like, when do I say no to going in normal times, going out and being with friends or being with family? Or when is a workload too much? Or when is your body just physically tired? Like, that varies with every single one of us, and it's really hard to, like, recognize that. But I did recognize that, and it's kind of why I decided to take take a second to chill. So what is self-care, right? <laughs> self-care is anything for me. My definition of self-care is anything that makes me happy in that moment to get back to feeling whole. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Even if it's just going and getting a coffee and be like, ah, okay, I needed that treat. Let's go face the day. Or so much as taking a vacation and staying home and cleaning your house like I did. My, I hadn't been putting enough importance on my housework because my attention was diverted elsewhere. And so I really wanted to like take this week and use this vacation as self-care. Other times for me, it looks like going to Lush and getting a bath bomb or going and getting my nails done or sitting and having a cup of tea in the quiet morning before work. Like it's the things, little things like going out and getting air. What do you do for self-care? Like, do you have any like (laughs) specifics that you like to do or I don't know. (laughs) Basically like, just really wanted to emphasize stop take a minute evaluate yourself i know that sometimes when things are crazy we want that norm and not having that or not being able to to have that normal is is difficult tune into yourself give yourself what you need fill your cup and then face the world honestly most of my self-care at this point because like i can't go out i love just like going to a movie by myself (laughs) it was like sitting there and not having to like have like whisper jokes about the dumb shit that they just did on the screen. Like you can just sit there and enjoy it and like not have to entertain the person next to you, even though you're at the movies, (laughs) you shouldn't be talking anyway. Right. Obviously we're not doing that. I can't like go out and like sit at Barnes and Noble. Cause that's my favorite. (laughs) It's like reading at Barnes and Noble, just being next to books. (laughs) Being in their presence. Yeah. Basically just looking at them. (laughs) Sitting there all pretty. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, mostly right now when I'm at home, it's like rewatching things that are cozy. (laughs) Like Queer Eye makes me cry every time. But like, I know what's going to happen. And like, I know that it's happy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) or like rewatching Gilmore Girls. I've watched that many, many times. And like, I know everything that happens. But I also know that it's not going to go like way dark. (laughs) <laughs> randomly somewhere and you're like oh no i didn't know this was gonna happen i was not prepared for this yeah you're like it's something safe i feel yeah. that also because it's on the east coast and there's a lot of like rainy or like snowy episodes and i'm like oh this is co- nice and cozy <laughs> this is what my soul needs yeah prior to quarantine like i said it was going out and getting my nails done it was 
taking time just to be out and about on my own mm-hmm. as Nicole in the world yeah. rather than daughter, sister, girlfriend, employee, like just me. Yeah. But now that's a little bit harder because can't really escape any out. of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of taken refuge in facial masks. I've gotten a couple of masks and I've done those during the pandemic. Uh, a yeah. few bath bombs here and there. <laughs> Super long hot showers. Like, And as much as I like Stefan being here, it's kind of been a good thing that he's been able to go to work and do his homework in the evenings. Like, just so we can mm-hmm. have a little bit of time. He gets out of the house and doesn't feel so stir crazy. Like, yeah. I have kind of taken that time to just really sit. Sometimes I don't even turn the TV on. I'll just chill and be on my phone. <laughs> yeah. color or... Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, obviously, I live with Kelsey. And, like, I wouldn't live with her if I didn't like spending time with her. But it's nice if one of my, like, days off during the week is one of her days off during the week. <laughs> so it's nice right now that I've been having Saturday off so I can have, like, the whole day to do whatever I want and just, like, not wear pants or something. <laughs> just, like sit out here and watch Say Yes to the Dress, and then she gets off at, like, 7, and we can, like, watch Mass Singer or whatever, but yeah, it's nice to just have, like, a day. I saw a commercial the other day for the Masked Dancer. I know. What? I'm that's... so... I, that's... Ugh. That's weird. Why? I was like, I don't like that. I don't get, like, are you not masking the voices then? Right? Like, hello. are you still masking the voices? Because... That makes it The whole thing with the Masked Singer is... You have the clue packages, and then they sing the song, and it's like, wow, that voice sounds kind of familiar, but, like, obviously they're singing. But if they're dancing, you have nothing to go off of other than strictly the clue package. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, how is this even going to work? Like, yeah, you either have to... Other than, like, that in not an old person's knees, (laughs) or, like... (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like... They either have to, A, all be, like, people who currently dance in the dancing world, and people have to be, like, tuned into that. Or... I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure Ken Jong is still one of the judges. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Then scratch that. That's so... That's weird, then. <laughs> yeah. That makes it even weirder. I mean, people love Ken Jong, so, like, that makes sense, because he also has another singing show that he hosts right now. But... <laughs> yes. I mean, not... No, he's not weird. Just the fact yeah. that, like... Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be the exact same concept, are? but why? That's weird. Yeah. What are they doing down in Hollywood? I mean, that's... trying to make money. <laughs> so that's a stretch. I get I get it and why. Because the mass Singer is popular. But I just still think it's pointless. You should watch Queer Eye. <laughs> yes. I, uh, last night I restarted season three. I'm two episodes in. I'm in season four. I can't I can't keep them all straight. I am one episode back into season four. I've watched all the seasons already. But <laughs> it's great and you should watch it. I will watch I will start Queer Eye after I finish reading the book that I started over vacation. Oh, that's like take three more months. <laughs> no, that's my goal. It's like to carry a little bit of vacation into my real life. So that is reading. So Okay. Try and do a little bit of reading every night. Remember how we I guess you weren't there in elementary, but in elementary, we had to do 20 minutes of reading every night. We had to bring a sign slip back. Mm-hmm. And so that's my goal for right now is like 15 to 20 minutes of reading. Yeah. Before bed instead of doom scrolling on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I would suggest starting episode one, You Can't Fix Ugly. The hero is Tom Jackson. And he's just 
a little grandpa who needs to take care of himself. (laughs) And we love Dom. But if you didn't want to start at that episode, there is season two, episode three or four, I believe. The Handyman Can. Jason goes to Burning Man. So I feel like you would connect to him. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) I would definitely connect to that. I'll probably start at season one now because I feel like that's the proper way to watch it. Apparently, a lot of people didn't jump in until season two. And I'm like, I prefer season one to season two, but I get it. (laughs) Okay, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Pumpkin pie. Yes! (laughs) You said you had a lot of historical data. And I was like, oh, don't be pumpkin pie. (laughs) That did not even cross my mind. And then the first one you were like, I feel like this one has like a good connection to right now. And I'm like, don't be pumpkin pie. (laughs) (laughs) No, pumpkin pie didn't even actually cross my mind. So you did. This was my like gimme. I'm like, I'll talk about pumpkin pie. So pumpkin pie is a symbol of harvest time. We all know what pumpkin pie is. Yes. (laughs) It is a custard pie with pumpkin in it. The best custard pie. Yeah. In the US and Canada, it is served on Thanksgiving and other times that pumpkin is in season. (laughs) I'll fall. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Obviously, it has pumpkin in it. Canned pumpkin, usually. You can make your own. That seems like a lot of work, though. Unless you're Martha Stewart, what's the point? (laughs) I'm part of a grub and chill group on Facebook, and... Mm -hmm. A lot of people made their own pumpkin they, from like, they had to like, they like broiled it or baked it or something and then blended it yeah, up. you gotta get it soft. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, I guess if you're gonna do it any year, this is the year to do it, but. Right? Hell, I tried a cheesecake <laughs> that took two days, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just bought a frozen pie. That works too. Yeah. So, it's just your crust and your, you know, pumpkin and eggs and whatever other things you put in it. Um, and then pumpkin pie spice usually consists of cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and cloves, and can also include things like allspice, cardamom, and vanilla. So when you're buying just like a little tin of pumpkin pie spice, those are probably the things in it. Not to be confused with pumpkin spice that you put in like drinks. <laughs> pumpkin is native to North America. The pumpkin. The gourd pumpkin is native to North America. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yes. And then the pilgrims, the ones who went back, took pumpkins. And they were like, hey, check these out. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. That's how it got over there. It was introduced to first France, and then it made its way to England. The first instances of pumpkin pie being uh, showing up in cookbooks was actually the 17th century in England. It was in English cookbooks first in cookbooks such as... Gentlewoman's Companion in 1675. <laughs> a long time ago. That is a very long time ago. That's like 400 years ago. Yeah. 450 years Not ago. Not quite. 350 years ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're not 1675. Yes. Not <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't like that. But in America, the colonists' pie, air quotes, was more likely to be a soup served in the shell of the pumpkin. So they were like... Yeah, we're just going to blend it all up, <laughs> make it savory, eat it like that. Hi. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the 1600s. So they also had like less buildings. That's true. <laughs> and things to like mill grains and whatever to make flour. <laughs> Probably less containers to put it in too. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the early 19th century that traditional pumpkin pies started showing up in Canadian and American cookbooks. So, like, the 1800s? Mm-hmm. 
Sounds about right. And that was when Pilgrims brought pumpkin pie back over from over there. Because remember, ours was soup. And over there, it was a pie. And then when they returned, they brought that pumpkin pie over here. The baked pumpkin pie. Yeah, the dessert pie. (laughs) The one that's actually (laughs) a pie. And that's how we got that recipe, apparently. After the Civil War, the southern states resisted pumpkin pie as a simple, uh, not simple, as a symbol of Yankee culture imposed on the South, and instead started making sweet potato pies, or flavored it with things like bourbon and syrup to put their own little southern spin on it. A little razzle-dazzle? Yeah. A little racism? Uh, oh, this was interesting. Pumpkin pies were briefly discouraged from Thanksgiving dinners in 1947 as part of a rationing campaign, mainly because of the eggs. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Eggs had to be rationed? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Post-World War Two. Yeah, but, like, didn't a lot of people have, like, own chickens? Well, yeah, but not commercially. (laughs) If you have your own chickens, do whatever you want, but... Yeah. All right. But if you don't have chickens... (laughs) Did not know it's almost the 1950s. Rationed. A lot of people live in somewhat cities. Populated areas, yeah. I'm finding all the new things out. I know. That was interesting to me. I'm like, oh, weird. I wonder if people listened. <laughs> um, today, many things are seasonally available in pumpkin pie flavors, such as candy, cheesecake, coffee, ice cream, French toast, waffles, pancakes, and uh, a lot of breweries make a seasonal pumpkin ale or beer. That they do. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but my favorite tradition that I have not done this year yet is to buy a new kind of pumpkin beer that I haven't tried yet, uh, drink one or two, decide I hate it, find a pumpkin bread recipe that I haven't tried yet, try to make that fail every time, and then I've wasted flour and bread (laughs) and beer. How many years running is this tradition? I didn't do it last year, but I did it like a lot of the years that I lived in LA, which was four... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I've only done it like twice, but (laughs) still a good time. (laughs) Would you like to take some guesses about the record for the largest pumpkin pie? Like circumference or diameter? Well, I have many things. Okay. I have a date. Would you like to guess when it was made? I feel like that's like an 80s thing. Like a 1980s thing. Do you? Yes, but I feel like it's not. (laughs) It's not. It's September 25th, 2010. Oh, Okay. Do you know where? No, but I feel like that should be in Pennsylvania. Not far. It was at the New Bremen Pumpkin Fest in New Bremen, Ohio. Okay. So, you're in the right area. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like it would definitely be in like a New England Midwestern part of the U.S. Definitely. All right. I have amounts of ingredients. Okay. Like, I guess some of its weight. How many pounds of canned pumpkin do you think went into this thing? Pounds of canned pumpkin? Oh, do you want to guess... The ingredients first or the size first? I will guess the size first because then I can okay, get Okay, I have both the weight of the pie and the diameter. So straight across. Okay, the diameter. What's the biggest oven that exists? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now they did not cook it in an oven. Okay. At least not one single oven that is currently in use for anything else. Six feet across? No. Bigger? Yeah. Oh, fuck. 24 feet across. Oh, you went a little bit over. 21? 20. Okay. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. That's 
That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So how many pounds of pumpkin, canned pumpkin pie went into this thing, huh? I also have the weight of the total pie, if oh, that's going to help you out. God. Probably not, because it I don't know if that's including the tin or whatever. <laughs> whatever that they baked like, it cooked in. Yeah. Oh, God. 20, pa- 20 feet wide? Mm-hmm. And pumpkin pie is kind of dense, too. Mm-hmm. Let's do 2,417 pounds. Well, you're a lot closer than you were with the diameter. Okay. But you still got to go up some. Okay. Like in the thousands or by hundreds? Um, both. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Uh, Let's do 3,900 pounds. A little bit over. uh, 36.99. That's so much. I know. (laughs) That's so much. That's literally almost two tons. Yeah. That's so much pumpkin pie. What did they even do with it? They ate it. It was the pumpkin fest. Oh <laughs> they God. handed out slices. That's so much. Yeah. Okay. So how many pounds of pumpkin pie filling went into this? Yes. I'm going to guess around 3,000. Oh, no. That's way too much. Oh, it is? Yeah. Well, the the entire pie weight includes the crust, but these ingredients are only for the filling. Okay. That's right. Pumpkin pie does not go in the filling. Or pumpkin does not go in the filling. It goes in the filling, but not the crust. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> I cannot try and t- think about two things at the same time, apparently. <laughs> Let's do 1,500 pounds of pumpkin. Close. 1212. Ooh. How many gallons of evaporated milk? 671. Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> 279? Still way too much. 103. 109. Okay. <laughs> uh, eggs. Just number of eggs. 210? Not even close. No? No. Less? You gotta go. Wait, you gotta multiply that by like a lot. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 210? Oh god. 2,000? More. More than 2,000 <laughs> eggs for this bitch? Jesus. Yeah. Um, 4,200. Oh, no, not that much more. <laughs> so okay. 27.96. That's so many fucking eggs. Holy cow. Yeah. It's a good thing we were in an egg ration now. I know. <laughs> uh, pounds of salt. Considering that you usually put, like... A pinch. A teaspoon in a regular pie. Two pounds. So seven. <laughs> okay. That's still a lot. Yeah. Pounds of cinnamon. Cinnamon, I feel like it's lighter, though, than salt. But it's also more like, <laughs> let's go three. No. Less? No. More? Yeah. God, I stuck in this game. Twelve? <laughs> uh, Fourteen and a half. Okay. <laughs> Twice as much as the salt. That's a lot. Yeah. I'm so surprised then, by all of this. That's a lot. I know. Stuff. Well, finally. How many pounds of sugar? Thirty-two. <laughs> Too much? Too low? Yeah. By a lot? Yeah. Damn. They had to sweeten over 1,000 pounds of pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> 503. 525. Ooh. <laughs> I think that was the closest one. <laughs> you, you said 103 for the milk. That's right. It was 109. Oh, so that was the closest. Damn. That is so much. Yeah. That's a lot of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Weight-wise, yeah. Absolutely. It was only like six or something, but... 20 yeah. feet of pumpkin pie. That is far Heaven. too much. 
<laughs> Far too much. Can you imagine the amount of whipped cream they would have to buy for that? <laughs> <laughs> they should just like buy a swimming pool and fill it full of half or like heavy whipping cream and just mm-hmm. use a giant mixer and mix it all up. Or like those cheese curd separators like they have for the dairy factories. Just Or just like put it in a cement truck. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I bought a pumpkin pie this year. It was disappointing. Really? Yeah. That was the one, that was the vegan from Safeway? No, it's probably. Yes. It was from Safeway. I was like, hey, you're a regular grocery store. I'm going to buy this. <laughs> and then it was strangely gelatinous for not having any gelatin in it because it was vegan. There was like a, a bite to it. Like it didn't give way immediately. Like you were biting into a gummy. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, it was, like, weirdly firm. What even would make it that way, other than gelatin? I don't know. I didn't read the ingredients closely. I read them enough to see that there was nothing that I don't want in it, and it said vegan on the front, so. I trust it. Yeah, I did not have a pumpkin pie at all this year. I had my pecan cheesecake, which we have a quarter left, and I might have another piece after we're done recording. (laughs) Yum. Yeah, I had one piece of that pie, and then I tossed it out this morning when I took stuff down, but... Not good. Yeah, it wasn't great. I'll probably just make my own next year. Yeah. Again, like I did last year. Good call. Yeah, it's my favorite. I mean, it didn't help that I didn't buy whipped cream because I totally forgot about that. But still, it should not have been so tough. Gelatinous. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. Super weird. That's weird. I made a pumpkin. I made two pumpkin pies a month ago, I think. About a month ago. I feel like maybe it was longer than that. I don't remember. But I don't know. They're pretty good. I'd never made a pie pie crust before, so that's fun. Oh, I buy my pie 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 crust. <laughs> I wanted to make it from scratch, but yeah. now that I have, it's gonna be much easier to buy it. But now I can say I've made a pumpkin pie, so off the list. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy pumpkin pie. Pumpkin ice cream is my favorite. Have you gotten the Ben and Jerry's pumpkin cheesecake one? Yes, that's what I ordered from Go Puff the last time that night. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did order it from them. And then on Friday when we were coming back from the mountain, we stopped at Mike's Drive-In for a burger. And they were doing Black Friday specials. So they were doing like two ninety nine burgers and then two ninety nine shakes. So I got a pumpkin shake from them and it was delicious. Yum. There's this little town on the way from on the down I five. You're going I five south towards Medford. Mm-hmm. There's this little town called Rice Hill, and they have like a pilot station that we always stop at. And also on the other side of the freeway, they have this little ice cream place. And we would stop there sometimes. And I would get like pumpkin pie ice cream because they have it all year for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I need to find this place. It's far from you. It is very far from me. <laughs> it's like five hours from me. It's not that close to Medford. It's, mm, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's south of Eugene. So it's more than halfway to Medford, but it's not all the way to Medford. <laughs> trying to think. Oh, we turned off at Eugene when we went to, when we did our road trip. We didn't take it all the way down. Uh, pumpkin pie is classic. My grandma would always make it. In fact, she used to make two of them every mm. year for every holiday. Two pumpkin yeah. pie. Or Thanksgiving, Christmas. We always just bought ours. That was always my favorite. And then you, you have to. You have to cover the whole thing in whipped cream. Oh, yeah. You can't just, like... What's the point? Also, I Have don't like the crust. So. You don't like what? I don't like crust, which is why I don't like pie. I'll eat pumpkin pie because it's my favorite, but I just, I don't like the texture of crust on my teeth. 
that. I'm having a reaction to it right now. <laughs> oh, I can feel it. I have textures like that, but Crest is not one of them. Yeah. I it's just crust. so dry. <laughs> so I always, like, take the little top part, like, sticky out part off, and then I eat the back first. So I can get that out of the way, because it's most of the crust. <laughs> That's how I eat my pie, too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Backwards. The best part's mm-hmm. the very first part, usually. I'm like, no, that has to be the, the last bite. Yeah. Yeah, I eat it. Like I would eat pizza when I was a kid. I just don't eat the little sticky out crust. (laughs) I do like to eat that, though. I will eat that. I don't. I I don't want it. (laughs) generally like to eat my pumpkin pie with a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. It is so delicious. I think that's probably one of my favorite combinations ever is a pumpkin pie slice with whipped cream and coffee. Yeah. I feel like that's what the adults do after Thanksgiving dinner. You have like your pie and your coffee. Right. And the kids do like hot chocolate or something. The coffee to keep you awake so you don't fall asleep from the tryptophan of the turkey. Yep. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Sneaky adults all these years. Also, they know it goes well with the pumpkin pie. They do. Their taste up taste buds are far more developed than our adolescent taste buds. Yeah. <laughs> What's right. your second? You ready? Okay. So, ever since kind of the beginning of last winter, my style has kind of changed I think part of that is just because my views have changed. And in general, I just got a little more angsty. (laughs) Just with the state of affairs of the world. Anyways, uh, I found that I like punk music a lot. Uh, So today, we're going to talk about Blink-182. Okay. Okay. I listened to them one song on the way home. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. What song? Uh, Josie. Oh, I don't think I know that one. Probably not. (laughs) Nope. Anyways... Uh, I didn't know a lot about Blink-182. I knew, mm-hmm. like, Tom DeLonge found it, and then somehow Travis Barker got involved, and... He's I the drummer. That... What? <laughs> I think he's the drummer. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and Mark Hoppus. <laughs> that's all I knew. So I was like, you know what? I kind of want to, like, learn more about this band, so I'm going to talk about them this week. And also, we went to Five Guys earlier and ate on the back of our truck, which was kind of fun. I always like to do that. Uh, and mm-hmm. then on the way home, Stefan departed to do homework, and then I drove home. So I turned on my music and Blink-182 came on. I was like, you know what? For sure I'm going to talk about them. What song? Um, Which one was it? I think it was What's My Name Again. I have a handful of them on my... What's My Age Again? Yes. What did I say? What's My Name Again? <laughs> oh my God. No. It is What's My Age Again. It is. <laughs> Nobody likes you when you're 23. <laughs> yes. What's My yeah. Name Again? That's the one I was... Fuck, I said it again. <laughs> What's my age again? I wrote it down in my fucking notes earlier. Because that's, that's literally the line in the song. What's my name? Yeah. Age again? <laughs> Fuck! It's <laughs> goddamn Bud Light, dude. Uh, <laughs> so Maybe good. I should not drink this one. <laughs> I cannot talk. Oh, that was great. Okay. What's my age again? Came on on the way home from Five Guys. Okay. Now that yeah. we've got that settled. <laughs> Blink-182 was formed in Poway, California, which is a suburb north of San Diego, in August 1992. We'll get to a specific date in a second. Tom DeLong was expelled from Poway High School for being drunk at a basketball game and was forced to attend another school for the semester. Did you figure out exactly how to say his name? Because none of us really know. I did, yes. I actually Googled it. Um, <laughs> okay. And 
I saw on Reddit forum and several other pages that it was DeLong. Someone okay, said, well, because it ends with an E, so we're like, is it DeLonge? <laughs> yeah. Well, someone was like, no, it's French. It's DeLonge. I'm like, absolutely no, not. I've never heard not. that. <laughs> like, I've never heard it. No. But I think the general consensus consensus was Tom DeLonge. So yeah, we're going to roll That's how it. I've always said it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Tom DeLonge, and then I was like, wait a second, I have to look this up before I actually do a whole episode about it. Tom ended up at Rancho Bernardo High School, where he performed at a Battle of the Bands competition. It was there that he was introduced to drummer Scott Raynor. At the same time, also befriended Carrie Key, who was had kind of a general interest in punk music. This was at the time where punk music was kind of like gaining popularity and traction here. It was in 92. On, yeah. The grunge era. On the West Coast specifically. So... Carrie Key was dating a girl named Ann Hoppus, and Ann's brother, Mark, just happened to have moved to Ridgecrest, California, which is, I assume, near San Diego, to work at a record store and go to college. On August 1st, 1992, Ann introduced Tom to Mark, which was exactly 44 days before the day I was born. <laughs> <laughs> they clicked instantly and played for hours in Tom's garage, eventually, gr- garage, garage, eventually writing the, the fan favorite, Carousel. I don't think I knew that one, so I had to listen to it. The trio of Tom, Scott, and Mark began to practice together in Scott's bedroom while also going to punk concerts, the movies, and playing practical jokes, basically running all over San Diego and causing shenanigans. The good old days. Yeah. Back when you could (laughs) do that. Do crazy shit and not get shot for it. Yeah. The three operated under several names, including Duct Tape and Figure Eight, until Tom christened the band with Blink. Just straight Blink. At the same time, Mark Hoppus' girlfriend was frustrated with how much time he was giving the band and basically gave him an ultimatum, me or the band. <laughs> so he ended up leaving. And then Mark heard that Tom and Scott were going to record a demo tape. And he's like, no, nah, fuck this. I want to be a part of it. Dumped her and came back. So yeah, <laughs> good job, buddy. So thus became their demo tape, Flyswatter. That was a mix of punk covers and some original songs of their own. Blink began booking shows and tried to be on stage every weekend, which meant they even played at Elks Lodges and YMCA's. <laughs> Apparently, Tom even called area high schools, describing the band as motivational with a strong anti-drug message in hopes to play at a lunch period or assembly. I'm like, damn, that's ballsy. Good job, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the worst that's going to happen. They kick you out. Right? They just say <laughs> no. Like, yeah. The band's popularity grew and they began opening for other artists at Soma, an all-ages venue. In an interview, one of the band members basically said, like, well, no, we've made it when we open it or when we perform at Soma. So, like, just being able to play there, I think, was good enough for them. But then eventually, obviously, it wasn't enough because they kept going. In 1994, Mark's manager at the record store fronted the group money to record another demo at a local studio. The result was Budo, which ended up being what they call their first album. That same year, Scott Rayner's family moved to Reno, Nevada, and he was briefly replaced by someone named Mike Kroll. The band saved money, saved up enough money to fly him back and forth to shows, and he moved back to the San Diego area and then in with Mark Hoppus in mid-1995. Cargo Records, the heart of the local San Diego music scene, offered to sign the band on a trial basis. The band recorded Cheshire Cat in three days, and it was released in February 1995. The band's first single, M&M's, gained airtime on the local station 91X, and Cargo offered the band a small budget to record a video for it because of that. At the same time, the Irish band Blink gave the U.S. band Blink one week to change its name. And after three weeks, the band waited three weeks a phone, and a phone call from Ireland, Blink, the U.S. version, decided to change their name by adding a random number 
182 to it, thus becoming Blink-182. Mm-hmm. Shortly after the name change, the band hired manager Rick Devo, who worked with larger bands such as, I don't know how to pronounce this one, NOFX or NOFX? NOFX. Okay. That makes sense. Pennywise and The Offspring. They also caught the attention of Rick and Gene Bond of the Tahoe Booking Agency, and those two are actually who are credited with spreading their name throughout the music scene. In late 1995, Blink-182 embarked on their first national tour promoting the surf video Good Times with Unwritten Law, Sprung Monkey, and Seven Seconds. Good Times was directed by a friend of Rick Devo, Blink-182's manager, and the Good Times tour extended outside the U.S. Unfortunately, Blink-182 wasn't able to like fund the trip because they're still like a broke U.S. band, <laughs> mm-hmm. like up and coming. Yeah. Uh, but the group Pennywise ended up paying for their plane tickets, thus their first international tour. Fletcher Drag, Fletcher Drag, D-R-A-G-G-E, guitarist of Pennywise, believed in the band strongly and demanded that Kevin Lyman, who I think was basically the owner of Warp Tour, sign the band to Warp Tour. So by March 1996, Blink-182 accumulated a buzz among major labels and signed with MCA. The band was ridiculed fiercely in the punk community, obviously for being a sellout, because that's not very punk of them. After nonstop touring, the band recorded their LP, Dude Ranch, in late 1996, and it was released in June 1997. The band headed out on Warp Tour in 1997, and damn it, gained radio traction. The exhaustive touring schedule brought tensions among the trio, and eventually Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus fired Scott Raynor due to excessive drinking that he was doing to offset personal issues. He said he was going to go to rehab in mid-1998, but never did, so they said bye. Travis Barker, drummer for, for tour mate, the Aquabats, filled in for Raynor, learning the 20-song set in less than 45 minutes before their first show. He's a good drummer. Incredible. I knew he was, like, yeah. really good, but I didn't know he learned 20 songs in 45 fucking minutes and then turned around and played them live. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> it helps that he was also on the tour, it sounds like, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so he, like, knew their songs, but, like, yeah. To turn around and play that live. Oh my god. Yeah. I pissed myself. <laughs> <laughs> By July, Travis Barker had joined the band full time and the band entered the studio later that year to record their third album, Enema of the State. Mm-hmm. Enema of the State was released in June 1999, which catapulted Blink-182 to stardom. What's My Age Again, All the Small Things, and Adam songs were hit from that al- hits from that album. I said it right. <laughs> you and did. T- you did say Adam songs, though. I did? Yeah. Oh, it's Adam's song. Yeah. In 2001, the band recorded their fourth album, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. First Date was on that album. So you know the song First Date, right? That came Mm -hmm. from that album. Yeah. Tom started a side project in 2002 called Boxcar Racer. He hired Travis Barker to play drums so he didn't have to hire a studio drummer. But he didn't think about it. And basically, that was the band minus Mark. Mm -hmm. And Mark kind of got butthurt about it. And eventually, like, this rift started to form in the group. And we all know how that turned out. (laughs) So the band regrouped in 2003 to record its fifth album, Blink-182, just self-titled, in November. Due to their grueling schedule, Tom DeLonge wanted to spend more time with his family. And in February 2005, Geffen Records, who absorbed MCA, their original label, issued a press press releasing, press release, announcing the band's indefinite hiatus. Tom DeLonge exited the group and refused to do any interviews until September 2005, where he announced his Angels and Airwaves project. Travis Barker started MTV's Meet the Barkers and launched a shoe line and also worked on some hip-hop remixes. At that time, he kind of developed a relationship with Adam Goldstein, uh, DJ AM, and I think that's how they became friends. 
Markoff has shifted his attention to hosting a podcast and producing albums, including Commit to This Memory by Motion City Soundtrack. So none of the band members smoke, smoked. (laughs) None of the band members spoke from their breakup in 2005 until September 2008 when Travis Barker was involved in a plane crash, leaving him with second and third degree burns and the only other survivor was Adam. Eventually, Adam ended up passing away from a drug overdose the next year, but they actually stopped playing Adam's song for a while on tour, and then now they finally... Well, yeah. Can you imagine? Do you no. know Adam's song? No, I don't. I it's haven't listened to it. Side. It's dark. Don't... <laughs> I wouldn't. I... No. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. I used to have it on my iPod, but... Yeah. There are some songs that I just can't do, and that would yeah. probably be one of them, which is part of the reason I haven't listened to it. So, Travis ended up with second and third degree burns. Uh, Mark Hoppus ended up getting a phone call in the middle of the night and basically was like, I gotta go, bye, and took off to see Travis at the hospital. Um, Shortly thereafter, Tom sent Travis a letter with a photo, and eventually the three ended up meeting at the hospital and basically laid the groundwork for their reunion. Um, In October of 2008, the band met up at Travis and Mark's studio and they officially decided on their reunion which was actually suggested by tom during the 2009 grammy awards the band appeared on stage as presenters and announced their reunion and started recording their sixth album neighborhoods eventually delong quit after an october 11 2014 performance in vegas and both hoppus and barker decided to continue on without him signing alkaline trio's vocalist and guitarist matt skiba for three shows in march 2013 so after a few legal battles with Tom DeLong, Matt Skiba ended up becoming an official band member. Their album California came out in July 2016 and saw major success, including a nomination for Best Rock Album at the Grammys. In 2019, the group released their eighth album, titled Nine, which utilized outside producers and songwriters. On August 7th, 2020, the band released a new single titled Quarantine and announced they were working on a new EP to release in late 2020. What's kind of weird, though, is Matt Skiba was not on the Quarantine single due to a lack of a home studio. <laughs> so we're back to Mark and Travis. So that's kind of their history, a little bit about them. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I didn't really know any of that um, other than the mm-hmm. fact that a few band members came and gone and there was a plane wreck somewhere in there. But I did rock out to What's My, what's my Age Again today. So Yeah. I put on Pop Punk Station on Pandora and that came on and I'm like, well, I don't think they would be appreciate being called Pop Punk, but new Josie's a good song so I did see that on one of the articles that they were described as pop punk I'm like I mean I wouldn't say that they couldn't fall under that category but I think they wouldn't consider themselves that yeah I think maybe their new stuff but their older stuff is definitely classic classic punk I mean how far back did you go when you were listening to them yeah what do you I mean? mean I haven't heard their stuff from like 92 or whatever but yeah, I mean, it's... I wouldn't exactly call What's My Age Again punk. I guess. I don't know. When I think punk... I mean, they're no Sex Pistols. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. what I'm not. getting at. Like, definitely not. They are definitely lighter than some of the, like, first wave. They're they're very 90s punk. We'll put it that way. Like, very 90s punk. What's your favorite Blink song? Ooh, hold on. All the small things. I had to look at them. Really? <laughs> yeah. It just brings back very good memories, because it... So cliche. <laughs> What? I know. So cliche. I know. But that's why. It very much reminds me of Skate World and that time period of my life. And it just makes me happy. So. Yeah. But just like. I mean, it's a good song. It is. But very cliche. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's yours? You said Jesse? No. That's just the one that came up today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I miss you. Also a classic. <laughs> Obviously. That's literally the reason I say Halloween and not Halloween. <laughs> classic. Yeah. I listened to that when I was going to sleep and cry. <laughs> Sometimes that's required in life. Well, I was also in like eighth grade. <laughs> Cried a lot. <laughs> yes. I do not miss that. That was the height of my angst. Yeah, mine was... Fuck it, I'm still angsty, so... <laughs> I have a different kind of angst now. Yeah, I would say that. I deal true. with it very differently. <laughs> I would say that's true. I think for most people, probably. What's your second topic? So my second topic... You asked me about self-care earlier, and this is not really self-care, but like when I think about it... It makes me miss it a lot. (laughs) And I wish I could go back to it. Choir. Oh, yes. Yeah. I do like choir. I miss choir. (laughs) I wish I could have taken Beaver Choir. Yeah. So I've been watching Queer Eye, obviously. Season two, episode one, their hero has a son who is gay. And he uh, just moved back to their small town from Atlanta. And he's like, you know, it's a small ass town. Like small, like... I think the population was like 98 people small. (laughs) Damn, that's tiny. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he's gay and black in this small ass town. So like, it's not a good time. But they found him like a, obviously it's in Atlanta again. He he still has to drive Atlanta if he wants to participate. But they uh, got him an audition for the Gay and Lesbian Choir. Okay. And every time I watch that episode, I'm like, man, this choir so bad. (laughs) Oh, I feel all the things. <laughs> Is it the singing that you miss or just everything about it? I have I have notes. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so the origins of choral music are found in traditional music as singing in big groups is widely spread in traditional cultures. Uh, the oldest unambiguously choral repertory that survives is from ancient Greece. So basically, the oldest... Um, arrangement that they can find that is obviously for a group of people is from ancient Greece. <laughs> I'm like, that is a lot of large words. Yeah, I was gonna say, I picked that up, but they used a lot of words to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say something very simple. Yeah, and it is actually Delphic hymns from the second century BC. Damn. Yeah, like ancient. That's like 100. Ancient Greece. That's like beginning of time. Well. Beginning of BC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's before BC. It's, yeah, it's second century BC, before AD, yes. which is the, how we measure time now. <laughs> That's old as shit. Yeah. Literally the beginning of time. I mean, calculated time. <laughs> yeah, it is 2200 years because we're in 2020 right now. <laughs> yeah. And you have to go back two centuries. That's right, because BC counts down. Yeah, you gotta go backwards. <laughs> yes. It's a long ass time. Mm hmm. And then two. That's a, that's all the. That's all I have for the origins. People okay. sing. <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> Apart from their roles in liturgy and entertainment, choirs and choruses may also have social service functions, including for mental health treatment or as therapy for homeless and disadvantaged disadvantaged people, such as the Choir of Hard Knocks. Where is that? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I didn't look that up. <laughs> but I assume it's some sort of homeless and disadvantaged choir. Oh yeah. Which is cool. That is cool. I, I like that. the idea of that. I mean, singing's free, so mm-hmm. and they don't. All they got to do is just bring them in their voices, which they can do. I love that. Yeah, something to focus on. Yeah, an opportunity, and you get to like 
share a common thing with other people. Yeah, like make friends, socialize. That's all the notes I had. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, I tried so hard to find information, but we're from a small town. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could not find information on basically anything. But I did choir. I was forced to do choir in sixth grade. And then I did it, so sixth or half of sixth grade through senior year. I did it always. I I literally created my schedule around choir. (laughs) I did it seventh and eighth grade. And then I did, I took choir LC in 2012 and 13. So obviously school choir was just basic choir. And then I did show choir, which was like dancing. I did like community choir, which was like just members from the community. And then I did just like a basic choral performance like basic mm-hmm. chorus as well. And we did a performance of a Les Mis medley. Which one? Oh, a medley. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was so good. I loved that one. I wish yeah. we could have recorded that. And let's be clear. Those were all at college because we had two choirs at our school, junior high and high school. Yes. And that is it. I know bigger like public schools have like show choir and jazz choir and madrigals, whatever that means. And I'm like... We had like 12 kids max in our choir (laughs) out of the entire four grades in high school. There were 12 of us. You guys were mighty though. You guys did well at like performances and stuff. Um. Didn't you? Like didn't you always like. I remember. Didn't you always like have. I guess maybe that's. No it is solo and ensemble. Like did you guys ever do that as like a group? Thank you so much. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was the the one I could not remember the name of. (laughs) I tried so hard. I'm like, Mark Morris, Washington Choir. I could not figure it out. It's solo and ensemble. And wait, I only did that in eighth grade. We stopped going after eighth grade. Okay. Right. So I did solo and ensemble. We did that in... Okay. I had three different teachers at Toodle (laughs) because we had Heredia in seventh grade. And then she left. I don't think I had her. I actually maybe just took choir in eighth grade then. I think you did. And then we had Gilbert. Yes. Was she there just one year? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because ninth grade, we got both Gardner and B. And it was like, all of these new teachers all at once. And we're like, what's happening? That's right. And then when we got our like actual schedules, <laughs> B had gotten married. So it was like a different teacher again. And we're like, what's going on? <laughs> but she just changed her name. Seventh grade, we didn't really do anything that I remember. I don't remember going to like competitions or anything. I forgot about her idea. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have her before that either because... Yeah, you weren't there. I didn't go there. <laughs> but eighth grade, we did go to solo and ensemble, which I cannot remember the name of, and thank you very much. <laughs> You're very well. That was fun. We did some sort of group thing. I don't remember what we sang. Also, I don't remember what I sang. In eighth grade? What song did I sing? I did a duet with Angel, mm-hmm. and then I sang a solo. Mm-hmm. I remember Sarah's. Hers was... Sarah did De Colores, uh, and then we both, we did a duet, and I don't remember what, and then I also did something on my own. I remember my- And I know that I had, I, she let me do the same song as Holly, because she thought that I would be able to handle doing the same song as, like, a high schooler who <laughs> had also already been doing choir for that many years, and I could. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I just don't remember what the song was. It may or may not have been- on my own from Les Mis, but I don't remember. Ooh. What? Ugh, mine? Angel and I did one about a river. And then I did one about sleep. 
<laughs> of course I did. <laughs> uh, oh, man. My mom used to sing it to me when I was little. I don't remember. But I do remember that. I have no idea. I did a duet with Angel. I did my own. And then we did our choral performance. Those were the days. Um, I only did it for half the year in eighth grade. Because I had to take something else. What did I have to take in second? Oh, it wasn't second period, though. Was it PE? Junior high choir. I think it, it must have been PE because what else would I have possibly switched for? Mm-hmm. It must have been PE. That sucks. <laughs> right? Change choir for PE. Yeah. I mean, I made my friends change their PE schedule so that they could take choir with me. <laughs> or <laughs> basically, okay, so I always had, choir was second period in high school. So I worked everything else around that. I spread out my PE through, um, I took it in 10th and 12th grades instead of just like getting it out of the fucking way because I had other classes that I also had to take, like math classes and stuff that, you you know, you have to the get essentials. credits. Yeah. But I was not going to give up choir. So I always took fifth period PE and didn't do anything because it was Davidson. <laughs> I think I had Davidson for a second period PE and I hated it. Second period was Murphy because Kelsey had to take that because she had banned fifth period. I don't think it was an eighth grade though. I think it was... It was Davidson and Franson for junior high. I definitely had Davidson. Mm-hmm. So did I. It was at the same time, but they split us in half. <laughs> I think maybe it was my freshman year that I'm thinking of. Because I didn't go my junior or senior year. Yeah. I'm just pretty sure that it was always Murphy because I always had him fifth period. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, I just... Now I'm, like, all confused. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was after lunch. Actually, I think it was because I would always get really fucking hot. And then we did a golf thing. We went out and did golfing and <laughs> softball. I forgot really about golf. What? I forgot about golf. Yeah. <laughs> softball got really mad at us because we were using their practice field. Yeah. We used to hide in the other dugout during vol- or during softball days. <laughs> Love it. Man, those are the good times. Oh, high school. <laughs> um. Anyway, in high school, we did masked choir. Mask choir? Mast. I don't know. I couldn't find it anywhere because there's some sort of mast choir festival in Australia that is the only result that comes up no matter what string of words you type in. I think it's mask choir. Tried that too. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Could not find it. Even typing Washington State after it. Nothing. Hmm. Yeah. No idea. But we did that. And okay, so mask choir basically. I don't even know how they decide which schools go. Which was not helpful for my search terms because I'm like <laughs> Washington. I don't I don't know what subset it was, but a bunch of schools would like get together. Like we all had the same music, all the choirs. There was also a mass band, but I wasn't in band. So we all had the same music, and we would all like practice on our own, and then we would all get together and sing those songs together. And one school would host it. Like it, it would move to different schools every year. We never hosted when I was there. I don't know if they have since I left, but. I doubt it. There's no way. There's no way she would host it. I'm no. pretty sure we've asked her about that. <laughs> She's like, no, are you kidding? Uh, yeah, I don't think she wants that much responsibility. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot not. of work. Yeah. But also all the different schools would like do their own little performance. It was like an all day thing and you got to miss school. It was great. A subset of mass choir was honors choir, <laughs> which I also did. <laughs> telling you i lived for choir in high school that was the only thing i liked about school so i would take extra time i didn't do extracurriculars unless it was singing (laughs) so it was the first year it was me and nick and i think sarah went i know the other years it was just me and sarah 
I think Sarah also went the, in ninth grade. Was she in choir in ninth grade? It might have just been me and Nick. I don't know. But basically, you go after school <laughs> to whatever school is hosting, and the honors choir has, like, their own subset and, like, does even more songs. <laughs> so, so we're learning, like, 15 songs at this point. Jesus. Oh, man. It was a good time. <laughs> I miss choir. So do I. I did enjoy that a lot. I also did something called Music in May. Uh, I did it for three years, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but basically, it is at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon, which is this random, out in the middle of nowhere, tiny, tiny college town. <laughs> it's like, why is this here? <laughs> Who put it so far away? <laughs> the only thing I like about Forest Grove is their McMinimins location. I went to a wedding out there last summer and it's i've literally been to the college and that is it (laughs) it's about probably 30 35 minutes west of Portland. yeah i mean i've been to forest grove because i've been to the school but (laughs) that's it's not like we were allowed to like wander around the town yeah so i have been to a church there because that's where the choir would practice because it was the only place for them big enough because the um so basically that you like apply to go a bunch of high school kids apply there is choir band and orchestra and you send in your application and they pick so many of you to go and participate and all of these high school kids just converge on this college campus (laughs) with i would say minimal adult supervision other than like the college kids who volunteered to stay to get like credits or whatever the reason they stayed for but like that's basically the only supervision is the other college kids yeah it was a good time there's like okay so you go okay first of all let me tell you okay so orchestra they i looked at the website today and this is what they said these are the numbers they gave orchestra 80 kids band 170 choir 300 there was a lot of us (laughs) it was a lot of high school kids showing up at this college (laughs) just to like literally hang out and do not much other than like you have your like set times you have to like go to your practices and everything but other than that like you're going to the like the not commissary but like the cafeteria because they provide food obviously um so you go do that and then they have events like the first night is like the orientation slash open mic (laughs) so everyone just like hangs out in the auditorium and does karaoke basically heck yeah yeah it's great the second night is either you can go to the fishbowl and watch movies, or you can go to the little dance they set up. You don't have to do any of these things. They also had volleyball pits and people would like play frisbee and hacky sack and just like hang hang out in their rooms because you have a dorm for like the only time in your life, basically, because right. <laughs> you're in high school. So you just like hang out and like do whatever the hell you want. And then the third day is the festival and then you go home. So there's nothing that night. But it's like, oh my god, it was so fun. Not to brag, but also I'm gonna brag because <laughs> freshmen didn't get accepted and I got accepted. <laughs> Atta girl. Also, well, B wasn't gonna be like, this person, this student shouldn't go. There were only ever like three of us <laughs> who applied from our school. Well, the first year, it was me, uh, Shay, Tori, and Aisha went. So there's the four of us. Tori was in band. It must have been band because we didn't have orchestra at our school. <laughs> So Tori was in band, and then the other three of us were in choir. And then the second year, I think the other two years, it was just me and Sarah. And then the last year, senior year, I was going to go, but that was both my birthday weekend and 
every 15 minutes. Mm. And Sarah always got sponsored by Kiwanis. And she wasn't sure if she was getting the check senior year to go to Music in May. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go and spend my birthday alone. So I got accepted, but I opted not to go so that I could be at home (laughs) for my birthday and not just be like sad in my dorm room. With randos. Yeah. That's a good time, though. That sounds like fun. So it was like an overnight thing, clearly, like for like three days. Yeah. Two nights. Three days. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously, you had to like be at your practices on time. So like the choir, we didn't, we never practiced. We always practiced at this church. I always signed up for the like one-on-one session also, but we went up. Oh, Brie, Anna, Brianna, Brianna. She dated Aaron. Yes. She was there one of the years. She went, like, we didn't know, and we just, like, ran into her. I think it was the first year. We're like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. But yeah, it was a good time. We just, like, the choir walked up to the church that was, like, two blocks up a hill, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we're like, why is it up the hill? And then, like, if you ever lost your folder or something, we, you all, like, we write our names in our folders, and then, like, if you forget your folder and one of the instructors finds it, you have to, like do something to get it back so like one guy in choir had to like serenade this girl because it was her birthday <laughs> like that's the only way he could get his folder back so that he could practice <laughs> <laughs> like they just fucked with us the whole time it was great that's fun yeah and then another random thing that we did <laughs> so our teacher became teacher uh, became friends with a teacher from a different school nearby and that school always got invited to perform and like sing carols at Grape wolf lodge <laughs> Okay. So once they became friends, they that she just like that teacher just invited us because <laughs> like they wanted to hang out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, why don't you guys come with us? We could always use more people. So for the last two years, I think of high school, we like sang carols at the Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> awesome. I have a picture of like a shitty flip phone picture. Everyone has like red eyes <laughs> <laughs> um, in front of the Christmas tree. It was a good time. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I uh, I messaged her earlier. I was like, hey, what was the name of that song? Okay, there's this insane song that we used to do. <laughs> it was barely even a song. It was more like a spoken word something. And it was kind of like a parody of The Night Before Christmas. And we would snap. I have zero clue what the title is. And if you... Google the words, like, to look up the lyrics. You're just going to get the poem, Twist the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what this was called. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, what's a Christmas song we used to do? The Night Before Christmas one. And she's like, I don't remember. I might have to check my work computer because I'm pretty sure I have all of the programs on there. And I was like, okay, I can't even Google it. <laughs> because all I can find is the poem. Oh, it's insane. And I want you to listen to is it. Is she going to look it up? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm so, I, oh, I just need you to know that how insane it was. We we did it once on the, on the bus on the way back from Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> we did it for the Toledo Choir. <laughs> They're like, okay. <laughs> it's insane. One of the parts, okay, because obviously it's split up into like different voice parts. One of the parts is just candy canes. Candy canes. <laughs> it's so That's insane. creepy. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot better when you have all the parts together. Because the other, <laughs> during the candy canes chant, there's like popcorn and 
something and oh popcorn and holly and something by golly it's <laughs> insane <laughs> so it's kind of like the harry potter i found the sauce the mysterious ticking noise where all the little different characters are like yeah okay kind of like that little like medley type yeah, thing yeah, yeah kind of it's kind of like a call and response situation a little bit it's yeah it's insane <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun <laughs> yeah it was it was our favorite let me know what she says Absolutely. I'll try to find it when she tells me what the name is. I'm invested um, now. Do you have a favorite choir song that you performed? Yes. All That Jazz. I performed it in show choir. That was mm. fun. I think part of it was like yeah. just the dance, but like it was very like swingy and like yeah. loosey-goosey and I loved it. I actually had a solo in that one, believe it or not. Nice. I had to audition and I beat people out for that part, so that was cool. Yeah. They actually, like, made me walk to the front of the stage and perform it in front of, like, the audience. Like, so I stuck mm-hmm. out. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's really weird. <laughs> That's also a let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was fun. I enjoyed it. So I think that was yeah. probably one of my favorites. It was a scat solo. So that was cool. Ugh. That sounds like a nightmare. It was fun. It was easy. I would never. <laughs> it felt like a bird. Mm, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know exactly what to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the words were there. She told me I could, like dress it up if i wanted to but yeah i didn't because obviously it took <laughs> all the balls that i had to get up there and do it the first time i wasn't about yeah. to just play with it so yeah <laughs> but yeah there's that one and then also the lame is medley i think part of the reason i like that one so much is just because the people that we had their voices matched each like the solos that were in that were so perfect and like us as a group just sounded really good yeah so yeah that's probably those two how about you so i feel like the classic is amazing grace which we only did during, what's it called? The thing for seniors, and it's religious. Baccalaureate. Yes. That's the only time we ever did Amazing Grace, because it's a public high school. And why <laughs> else would we do it? Yeah. I do like that song, though. It's fine. I mean, I like it as, like, a musical yeah. song. I don't particularly like the song itself. It sounds very pretty, though. Yes. I don't know how often I ever actually did it, but I know that I did it at least once. And this might be the song that you're talking about when you said a river. (laughs) But for some reason, whenever I think about choir, I just picture the song of Shenandoah. (laughs) Oh, we did that one. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't know if we did it again in high school or if I'm just remembering eighth grade. It was probably eighth grade because that might be the one I'm remembering. Yeah. Well, that's like my classic standard, like kind of (laughs) somber choir song that I imagine. And then, obviously, I was in choir during the height of Glee madness. So we did the Lady Gaga. We did the Journey. (laughs) Ugh, it sucked. (laughs) Wait a second. I think the song I'm thinking of is Down to the River to Pray from Um, Oh Brother. Yeah. That's what that's from, right? Oh Brother, where are they? Yeah. I feel like that's the song I'm thinking of. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a. But I'm pretty sure I did a choral version of that. And I can't remember if it was in high school or or college. Yeah. Or, sorry, junior high or college. I feel like that was in junior high. That might have been the one you did. I don't know. I feel like that was in high school or in junior high. Because I feel like Maddie had a solo in that part. But I yeah. also really like that song. I've heard it done a yeah. couple different ways. I just really like that yeah, one. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's an old gospel. So, yeah. O'Shandoah. I don't know why. It just sticks in my head. It's simple. It is very simple. If I, re- I haven't heard that one in a while. But if I recall, mm-hmm. it's very, like, soothing, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. All of my best high school memories are from... Almost all of my best high school (laughs) memories are from choir things. 
I wish. Part of me, see, that's why part of me wishes I was around then, like, mm-hmm. at school. But, like, also at the same time, I was off, like, doing my own cool things. So, like. Yeah. It makes me a little bit sad, though. Like, it's good nostalgic, but also, like, bad nostalgic <laughs> at the same time. Right. Because, like, when you do sports in high school, when you graduate, you can, like, there are volleyball courts down the street. Like, I can go play sand volleyball if I wanted to. Or, like, go find some people, like, playing basketball in the park. But I can't just, like, go stand in a gazebo and, like, harmonize. <laughs> like, what are you going to do <laughs> at that point? <laughs> no, not usually you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But there are groups and things you can join. I know. That's the other thing. It's like now, right now I'm like, oh, man, I really, I really just, it <laughs> sounds so nice. Right? Just, like, standing around other people singing a song. Okay, well, <laughs> Nicole at least heard me say that. Uh, and <laughs> her internet froze. So I guess I'm going to just bail on this episode. <laughs> um uh, thank you guys for listening. If you are in choir, let us know what your favorite songs to sing were. It's weird not having Nicole's face talk back at me right now. She's just like frozen in a smile. But we uh, really appreciate you listening. And go ahead and chime in with any comments you have. Let us know if you're liking the show. Give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at YesDudePodcast. And send us a message. We love to hear from you. And I hope everyone is doing okay. I don't usually (laughs) do the outro by myself. This is weird. Um, I hope you're all okay. And self-care. We talked about self-care in this episode. So go do like a face mask or something. Please don't go outside. (laughs) Do your self-care inside or at least away from other people. Talk to you next week. Bye.